For the first time in 2022, he's omnipresent. He's been on the political scene since the 1970s. Winston Peters. Winston, polls are off uh, the agenda today. Let's talk about the government and whether we should be opening up and getting on with life with Omicron. Well, look, here's the reality. The fact is, um, if we have vaccine to the max, and we have, way beyond 90%, as we're asked to, on the promise that when we did that, we'd have herd immunity, why have they kept changing the goalposts, so to speak? So we've got to open up because it is uh, the, the maximisation of vaccines vaccines, and hospital beds if, if, if they're needed and proper testing and isolation, if that's needed as well, that enable us, enables us to get on with our economy and get on with our economic life. We have to because every time someone turns up for any treatment at all, at any place, it costs money and the taxpayer needs the funds to do this. I thought you might have been driving your car or your truck or your tractor, because I know you like driving tractors, from Northland down to Wellington today. You weren't tempted to join the anti-mandate convoy? Well, the trouble is the convoy has got some good messages and some very confused messages. The truth is if they had us... A, you know, a very understandable and logical argument, then people might join, and more people might join them. But if you don't put the uh, plan to have the right message out there, then I think the number of people that salute the flag or stop and salute the flag as it goes up will be much smaller. It's, I'm not, they're not wrong in the context that there's far too many things that have been shut down, like essential workers for essential jobs coming in, all the way from health to farming and uh, orchards and things like that. These are critical areas of concern. Well, it's yeah. There's a difference between anti-vax and anti-mandate, isn't there? I, people yeah. people will have sympathy for anti-mandate. I'm not sure there's too much sympathy uh, for anti-vax, or certainly the militant anti-vaxers. Well, there's no sympathy for the anti-vaxers, militant or otherwise. But of course, the reality is that at a certain level of vaccinations, their position is not one that's going to imperil the rest of the country, because otherwise, if that was true. Why didn't the experts argue for 100%? And they never have. So you can't change the rules halfway through the game. And so the so-called mandate argument is now gaining, or the lack of mandate argument, is starting to gain some serious credibility and for the right reasons. Internationally, many um, forward-thinking countries are saying, well, applying a mandate and banning people from doing this, that and the other is no longer justified. And I'm beginning to think they may be right. Do we need to get Omicron through the population before winter? Because we, we've talked, I mean, we had all the, the shock horror modelling and there was going to be 80,000 cases by uh, Waitangi Day. That never eventuated. We're still uh, in the hundreds, no doubt. They will increase. But do we need to hurry this thing along? Is it better to face it now or in a month's time than in three or four or five months' time? Um, I think it would be very alarming if we were to say, as you put it, hurry things along. It's going to unfold whether we like it or not. But it is clear as daylight that while being far more virulent, it's far less dangerous. And the second thing is that the modelling has been off the wall, so to speak. And so far out, that you've got to question the modellers' very uh, concepts itself. I mean, when modelling becomes muddling, then that's what you could be concerned about. We've heard of 50,000 plus. Now, these were extraordinary, not models, but muddling examples being put out to scare the public. And I would think at the moment, if we get a 10,000, we'll be lucky.
very lucky country. All right, we'll see how good you are at your modelling. Look, you've been in politics since Rob Muldoon was the leader of the National Party. You've seen a lot of them come and go in that time. How do you rate Luxon? <laughs> now, why does the farming show always ask me a hard It's the country. Get with the times. It's the country. You get with the times. You've asked me this question seven times. <laughs> On seven different leaders, Jamie. Now, for goodness sake, we're running out of we're running out of options. The question is, Mr. Luxon will have to prove how good he is all by himself, won't he? He'll have to, he'll have to prove that he understands the essentialities of farming and the rural community, the provincial uh, capacity to grow this country's wealth with exports. He'll have to step up there because, frankly, his competition, if he's good enough, is not as great as it seems. You've also been in politics since David Longy was Labour Party leader. You've seen a lot of them come and go as well. You are on record as saying you rate Jacinda Ardern. When did I say that? When you were in uh, government with her, coalition government with her. You were singing no, you her praises. Me, you never heard me say I rate Jacinda Ardern. Now, I'm not saying anything other than that. Those are not my words. I don't use language like that. Well, you rated her enough to go into coalition government with her. Well, look, look, look what I was up against. I was looking up against a national party with nine years, governing with the Maori Party and the Act Party, that had approved the, uh, the UN Declaration of Indigenous Rights and changed the uh, foreshore seabed legislation and every other stupid thing that's unleashing racism and separatism in this country. And then they'd gone for nine years not building out with the housing crisis and crisis in every area, including the Defence Force. What option did I have? Be real here. So you never wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat thinking of Bill English and thinking, hmm, maybe I got that wrong. No, I don't. Because the reality is if Bill was any good, he was as good as you say he is, why did he need Winston Peters? Because everyone in New Zealand politics at some stage or other has needed Winston Peters. That's how you get the moniker, the kingmaker. Oh, this is how sad. This is a curious argument. I can't win, can I? You're you're quite happy to be called the kingmaker. On that note um, of agreement, always good to chat on the country. Thank you, Jamie. Cheers.